You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. It's Tuesday, August 3rd. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. The Biden administration wants to reform state drug laws and focus on what's called harm reduction, which promotes safe drug use instead of abstinence and threats of jail time. The Office of National Drug Control Policy will be promoting draft model laws that supports harm reduction programs, increase treatment options, and reform criminal statutes. Dan Vergano, science reporter at BuzzFeed News, joins us for this and also how a Cape Cod COVID outbreak, mostly in unvaccinated people, prompted the CDC to change its mask-wearing guidance. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Happy to talk to you. Wanted to talk about a couple of interesting things. First off, I wanted to talk about the Biden administration and you know what they're trying to do to reform state drug laws. They're looking at something called harm reduction measures. This focuses on safe drug use over abstinence and the threat of imprisonment, which is kind of, you know, what we've been going through with the war on drugs type of thing. This is would be a shift away from that. So tell us a little bit more about what harm reduction is and then what the administration is doing about it. So harm reduction has been around for, you know, 30 years or more. It's basically the idea that you try instead of throwing people who use illicit drugs into jail that you sort of uh, meet them what they're, where they're at, and they're going to use drugs. And you try and help them do that as safely as can. As they can. You might give them drugs that reverse overdoses, or you might show them how to safely inject, you know, if it's a, the risk of an overdose from a drug. Or you might you know, give them clean needles to use instead of old ones so that they don't spread HIV or, or hepatitis. It, and, you know, the hope is that people, you know, eventually at time, will go into recovery, but you don't force it on them. You try and sort of just, as they say, meet them where they are. And so these approaches, obviously, you know, I can I can already see a lot of people not happy with them because you're not eliminating that drug use, right? You're still, people would say you're still yes. prom- promoting that drug use. But with some of these programs, is getting into recovery, is that part of these programs? Yes and no. Uh, if you talk to someone in harm reduction, they say, no, we're not going to force people to do that. You can. It, it, it turns out, though, that if you're wise and, and you just make friends with people, essentially show them and trying to help them that they're more likely to go into it on their own. It's sort of a person's own personal decision, like when they've 
decide to do this or not. And it just turns out that human nature being what it is, that it's better if the person makes a decision for themselves rather than you putting a gun to their head and saying, you got to do this. That it turns out it just doesn't work. So we've been seeing a lot of numbers recently. More than 93,000 people died of drug overdoses last year. That's the highest number we've ever seen. A lot of that has to do with fentanyl, which you and I have talked a lot about. It's 25 to 40 times more potent than heroin. And it's kind of leaking into other drugs. It's being mixed into other stuff. So what is the administration trying to do? What's the latest action that they're trying to do with all this? Well, what we reported today was that they are trying to promote model laws for states that would enhance the idea of harm reduction. And that is in response to this increase of overdoses. And where what's going on is fentanyl has infiltrated the heroin supply, the illicit drug market uh, west of the Mississippi as well as east of it. So you're you know basically doubling the area of which people are exposed to this. And during the pandemic, it seems clear that more fentanyl started coming into the U.S. versus heroin, which, you know, is dangerous enough as it is. And so people are going to be using this. They're going to be having more overdoses. The, and also with the pandemic upsetting essentially the supply chain for this, you're going to have a more variable dose where that is what might kill people. Instead of going to the same dealer who is giving the same stuff they were using before, this they have to go to a different person or it's a different supply. And that change in in potency, you know, that they're getting from these shifts, it might be what's leading to this increase in overdoses, which is like a 30% increase over 2019, which was bad enough as it was. And so the idea is that we're going to enshrine harm reduction ideas into state laws. And there's a way to try and knock this down. Like, you know, if people are going to use drugs, let's have them use it as safely as possible, not have HIV and hepatitis outbreaks while we're at it. So we're seeing this program is going to be trying to promote model laws, but we're seeing this come at a time where there are cities across the country, as you noted in your article, that are shutting down things that uh, some right. of these model laws might do, like needle exchange sites, things like that. Right. Well, what we're, we're seeing in some places, and it's clear, most clear, like in Charleston, West Virginia and Atlantic City, is there's this effort post-pandemic to spur business. And the city council uh, or their equivalents are looking around and saying, like, why do we want a needle exchange where we're trying to have a shopping mall or a casino or that sign of thing? And so there's this and you also have this turnover of sort of lawmakers who don't understand harm reduction. They didn't go through the last cycle of it. They just look at, as you say, this sort of stigmatizing view of it is like, oh, you're just helping people do drugs instead of saying, like, essentially, we're asking them to wear a football helmet while they're doing it, you know, instead right. of letting them crash into each other on the field. And so you get this kind of anti-drug attitude that, you know, opposes all forms of like trying to make life better for these folks. And that conspires to shut these things down. At the same time, on the federal level, even the Trump administration had embraced needle exchanges. You see the Biden administration moving to sort of more normalize it, harm reduction, that is, so that, you know, just try and help these people out. You know, you don't want to get sick, don't want to die. One of the other aspects of this is are the punitive damages. You know, a lot of laws treat overdoses as criminal acts, which is kind of interesting. I didn't really realize that too much. I hadn't looked into it. You know, instead of a health event, help this person, you know, get uh, treatment, all that other stuff. It's a criminal act. You can face jail time if you overdose on something. Right. Well, some states have had to institute Good Samaritan laws where if you report that somebody you're with has an overdose, that you're not going to be arrested. I mean, there's a fear that people have in some states. In other places, like just carrying syringes is enough to get you arrested. You know, people complain about needle litter. It's be and the reason is in a lot of places is because it's illegal to have the needles, so people get rid of them as fast as they can. That's why they're all over the place. And you know, more important, there's these very fundamental changes that need to be made to laws. Like you get arrested, you lose your access to Medicaid, then you can't go into recovery because there's nothing to pay for it. And so you might be on like medication-assisted treatment, which is the you know seems to be the best way to help people who are addicted to opioids. But then they get, you know, picked up on a bench warrant because they missed a meeting with their parole officer because their lives are pretty messy. 
they lose their Medicaid, they lose their you know chance to get paid recovery. So there's a whole vast array of like that machinery of the law that needs to be uh, fixed to help people, you know, in this situation, which is killing a lot of people. It was a problem before the pandemic. It was exacerbated by the pandemic. And, you know, we'll have to see what any of this action, uh, if it does help improve any of that. And speaking of the pandemic, you know, I've been seeing a lot of this Cape Cod COVID outbreak, just headlines about it. This Mm -hmm. is kind of one of those things that caused the CDC to reverse their guidance on mask wearing. Vaccinated individuals should also be wearing masks in certain high transmission areas. Tell us about what we saw in that. This has to do with a lot of parties and, and things that were going on around July 4th. So, uh, you know, around July 4th, the outbreak you're talking about, you know, was in Provincetown. And obviously that was a, a big party time. And so there were a lot of people dancing very close to each other then, which is suspected by some observers have played a role in the outbreak. And uh, what essentially happened was on Tuesday last week, CDC came out and said, whoa, 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 we're seeing signs that people who are vaccinated are still uh, having levels of virus in them that are equivalent to what people who are unvaccinated are having. And that's worrisome because that might mean they're transmissible. We've told a bunch of people they can't transmit when they're vaccinated. And we're, if we've given people bad advice, we're worried about that. So we're going to try and reverse this masking advice to say, like, if you're indoors, in an area where there's high transmission. And even if so, even then, if you've been vaccinated, you should wear a mask, which was a switch. It turns out that's 63 percent of the counties in the country. And then immediately everybody started asking, like, you know, where is this evidence that you're seeing? You know, we can't talk about it. It's clusters. There was political pushback. Uh, Republicans in Congress were suspicious of uh, mask mandates. were saying it's a case in India. And that turns out to not be true. They don't seem to be willing to cop to that. Because the CDC said on Friday, yes, it was this case in uh, Provincetown. They don't even name the town in their their MMWR, the Mortality and Morbidity Weekly Report that described it. But that's where it is. It was Provincetown. So what we now know is that there was a pretty big outbreak there. It was probably about 800 people and and half of them were out of towners. And uh, the data they have is from the Massachusetts residents, from the Massachusetts Department of Health. And what was really striking was that 75 percent, they're about 74 percent, of the people vaccinated were the ones who had gotten infected. The thing is that makes us all uncertain is that most people had vaccinations and we know the vaccines already aren't perfect. So it might just be that like the vaccines aren't perfect, but a hell of a lot of people are vaccinated. So of course there's some breakthrough and infections, which is why, you know, more of the people in the sick crowd were turned out to be vaccinated. But what was alarming to the CDC was the measures of their illness. There's these genetic tests, you know, where you take a swab from a person and run it through a machine and you see how many cycles of amplification of the genes it takes for them to get the proof positive for the disease. And this is what the MMWR showed. It was that they were statistically equivalent in the vaccinated and unvaccinated people, which would suggest that they had equal amounts of virus in them, but not necessarily. So like, that's the reason why everybody's cautious about this. You know, CDC is essentially saying here, maybe people right. have as much virus in them. Maybe. But we don't know for sure because it, it's only these PCR tests and not a really fully functional lab test that's shown this or, you know, an infection chain. And that's one of the things that we've had a difficulty with throughout the pandemic, right? Everything is constantly changing so much. The guidance change, you know, people are getting frustrated with it, but the science, we're going through it in real time, right? So exactly. we still have to see what yeah. the Delta variant really does. Uh, the good thing is that in most of those cases, all these people reported mild symptoms, cough, headache, right. sore throat, muscle pain, fever, the normal stuff. Senator Lindsey Graham just uh, came down with COVID. He said he has mild symptoms, credits that to having the vaccine. So that still seems to be the best way to avoid uh, just getting severely sick. So we'll continue to watch all of this. Dan Vergano, science reporter at BuzzFeed News. Thank you very much for joining us. 
Thanks for putting up with me. I, I do like talking about this with you. Take care, man. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.